a time of so much information, but so little understanding. A time of so many opinions, but so little truth. We need wisdom. God loves when we seek it. God gives when we seek it. Well, hey, it's so great to be with you today. Thanks for joining us at Church at Home and for joining us as we come to the second last week of our summer series in the book of Proverbs. Maybe you've been away for a few weeks or maybe you're just joining us. We want to catch you up with what we're doing this summer is we're opening up the Bible and we're letting God speak to us from a book of the Bible called Proverbs about wisdom, where it's found, what it is, and how can we apply wisdom to every area of our life. And so week in and week out, we've been tackling topics that uh, are real, that are down to earth, that affect every part of our life. And we're asking God, what do you have to say about those things, about life and how we can live it wisely? And today we're going to be coming at the topic of speech, our words, what we say, how we speak. And the question that we're going to be wrestling with today is this, what does God have to say about the things we say? And the answer is, is he has a lot to say in the book of Proverbs and the Bible as a whole, both to challenge us, but also to invite us to a better way and a wiser way of speaking in the world. And so we're going to be back in the book of Proverbs today. If you have a Bible, why don't you go ahead and grab it and turn to Proverbs chapter 10. We're going to be camping out in verses 31 to 32 to start, and then we're going to be springboarding into a lot of different places to hear God's perspective and to let it shape our perspective in this most important topic. Now, a few weeks ago, I watched this amazing movie. I'm not sure if you've seen it, but it's called A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. And it's a real-life story about a friendship that happened between Mr. Rogers, of Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood fame, and a journalist named Lloyd Vogel. And it's just an amazing story of two people who are very different to begin, but through their friendship, they are transformed and something new comes to bear. And early on in the movie, uh, the journalist Lloyd is, is speaking, and he's talking about why he writes, why he's a journalist, and he says something um, very profound. He says this, why do we write? Because sometimes, just sometimes, we get to change a broken world with our words. Now, I heard that, and it struck me. I mean, I literally stopped the movie paused it and sat there thinking. And the more I thought about it, the more I started to realize that our words, whether they're written or they're spoken, they have power and the ability to change the world and to change people's lives, to affect change both positively and negatively. And this is what Proverbs is saying. I mean, this was new to me, but it's not new to Proverbs and it's certainly not new to God, that our words have the ability and the power to change this broken world and speak something new into being. And we see this start to get unpacked in Proverbs chapter 10, starting in verse 31, where it says this, The mouth of the righteous brings forth wisdom, but the perverse tongue will be cut off. The lips of the righteous know what is acceptable, but the mouth of the wicked what is perverse. Now, in a nutshell, Proverbs is teaching us that there is a right way to speak and a wrong way to speak. 
And to make its point, it puts before us two people with two different ways of speaking. The first person is the righteous person. And this is the person who walks with God and is faithfully trying to live out God's way, who have had an internal change where they've been made right with God, and out of that, they are trying to follow God's way in every area of their life. And Proverbs says that out of the mouth of this person comes wise words, and they speak what is pleasing and good. And then we see the second person, what Proverbs calls the wicked. And this is the person who, who isn't walking with God and who actively rejects God's way. They're the person who, because of that, because they've chosen to not align their life with God, what comes out of their mouths is deceptive and harmful and unpleasant. And so there we have it. We have two people with two different ways of speaking. One brings what is good into the world and the other brings what isn't good into the world by what they say. Now, when we see this, it's, it's clear that Proverbs is holding out one way of speaking as the wiser way. And it's the way of the first person, the person who speaks what is wise and, and pleasing and brings into the world what is good with the things they say and how they say it. And so it doesn't take a lot for us to maybe settle in our hearts and minds that that this is the wiser way, that from God's perspective, the wiser way to be and live in the world when it comes to our words is to align our lives with the words and the way of the first person. And so it's much easier to intellectually assent to that. What takes a bit more work, though, is doing what I think Proverbs is pushing us towards and leading us into, which is this, to look at the two different ways of speaking and ask how do the things I say line up with these two ways of speaking? See, I think that's what we're being pushed to do here by this proverb, is to go beyond simply accepting that this is the wiser way to be and live in the world when it comes to our words and what we say, to actually thinking and thinking seriously about the way we speak to actually do an audit of our lives and to, and to question the words that come out of our mouth. And if we start to do that and we're honest with ourselves, well, then here's what we're going to have to admit, that sometimes the way we speak sounds a lot more like the second person than the first person. See, I know, like when you read this and you look at this, it's so much easier to look at the second person who speaks in a destructive and a harmful way and say, well, that's, that's not me. I, I, don't, I don't talk like that. I mean, that's my first response when I read this was to kind of say, well, that's not me. And maybe that's you. And, and if that's you, you're right. It's probably not you all the time. I mean, just, just think about your last 24 hours. What was your speech like? How did you talk to the people in your life? What things did you write online or say in the comment sections of articles or blogs or social media? See, if, you like, if you're like me, then that's all the evidence you need right there, is that our speech is not always like the first person. More often than not, our speech tends to become more like the second person if we're not careful. And that's just in the last day. I'm not even talking about the last week or the last month or the last year. If you're like me, we're not always like the first person when we speak. But Proverbs comes along and it says, if you want to live wisely in the area of your speech, then we not only need to intellectually assent to the perspective of God, but we need to look in the mirror and do an audit of the things we, stay, things we say. 
And I think that's what we're being pushed to do here. First, to understand what God's perspective is when it comes to our words, that there's an ideal way to speak and a destructive way to speak, that there's a right way to speak and there's a wrong way to speak. But secondly, to see that living wisely means adopting a way of speaking and then avoiding the other way of speaking. Now, I'm a big hockey guy, and and one of the things I love is the NHL All-Star Game. And this is a time where they bring the best players in the NHL together. Um, And one of the first things they do is they do an all-star skills competition. And I love it. They have the fastest skater, the hardest shot, the breakaway competition. They have all these different competitions that the players compete in to see who is going to be the champion in them. But my favorite is possibly the accuracy shooting competition. If you've seen this before, then you know what I'm talking about is they have four red and white targets placed strategically at four points of the net. And the competition is this, is that each player steps up and they try and hit those four targets in the least amount of shots and in the fastest time. And so the competition is fun to watch because each player steps up, they shoot, they break apart these targets and they aim their shots And the goal is to hit those targets with the puck. And I I think this helps us understand a little bit about what Proverbs was saying, is that when we aim uh, our words and the things we say at speaking in the way that God is calling us to, then we are going to actually hit a target that he says is wiser and a better way to live and speak in this world. Is that when it comes to our words, what Proverbs is calling us to is this. Here's your target. Aim your life and your speech at this target. And when you do that, you're going to bring what is good and true and pleasing into the world. This is God's perspective on speech, what we say, how we say it, the things we say. Now, I don't know about you, but I receive that, I I hear that, but there's a question that's left hanging for me. Why? Why is this God's perspective? Why does God have an ideal way and a less than ideal way to speak? Why? Well, the answer Proverbs gives us is this, is that our words have the potential and the power to change someone's world. That our words have this kind of power. And this idea comes out of uh, verse 31 of chapter 10 and is actually the defining marker of the first person. They bring forth what is good. They bring forth wisdom. And I want to zero in on that little phrase, bring forth. What it actually means is it produces, it bears fruit, it yields something. It, with the words that are spoken, it brings what is wise and good and pleasing forth and into the world. It produces that. And this is creation language. This is language that brings up the idea of bringing something into existence that wasn't there before. And in this, we hear a faint echo of the first book of the Bible called Genesis and what happened there. See, the whole Bible opens with two things, with God, that before the world was created, there was God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit living together in eternity. And secondly, that it's a world of nothingness. There's no form, there's no void, there's no no structure to the world, and it's dark. And into this darkness and into this nothingness, The Bible tells us that God spoke. It says, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good. And so into this nothingness, into the silence, God spoke and brought into being the light, the land, the sea, the animals, the sun, the moon, the stars, people. And it was good. 
Every time he spoke in the first chapters of Genesis, God brought into being what was good. And so every time we see God speak in Genesis, every time we see God speak in the Bible, he speaks and he brings what is good and true into being into the world. And when we speak, we're to do the same. We're to follow in God's footsteps. We're to take the power of our words and use them to bring something good and true into the world and into people's lives. And Proverbs is going to bring this home to us in places like chapter 12, where it says this, there is one whose rash words are like sword thrusts, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. And so this is the person that brings words of healing into a person's life, that their words can bring woundedness or it can bring healing. What about Proverbs chapter 16? It says, gracious words are like a honeycomb, sweetness to the soul and health to the body. And so our words, Proverbs 16 says, have power in both the spiritual and the physical realm. That what we say actually has power to affect the soul and the body. That that's how deep this power runs. That's how deep our words can reach. And we don't just see this in Proverbs. We see it elsewhere in the Bible as well. We see it in a book of the Bible called Jeremiah where God is speaking and, and he says this. He says, behold, and he's speaking to Jeremiah. He says, behold, I have put my words in your mouth. See, I have set you this day over nations and over kingdoms to pluck up and to break down, to destroy and to overthrow, to build and to plant. And so what we see is that God has put words into the human mouth and that those words have power to build up and to destroy, to plant and to harm. And so what we say has that kind of power. We can pick someone up or we can break them down. We can build them up or we can destroy. Our words have that kind of power. They can help. They can heal. They can unite. They can strengthen. They can build up. They can bring life. Or they can hurt, harm, divide, separate, ignite or tear down. And so you might say that our words are just words. But they're not just words. Our words are powerful and they have power. In fact, Proverbs will go so far to say that our words have the power of life and death. That's the kind of power our words have. And every time we speak and every time we say something, we are bringing something into the world. And that something has power to change someone's life for the good or the bad, to change the world for good or for bad. And so here's the question that I have for us today. What are you bringing into being with your words? Are you bringing what is good? Or are you bringing what isn't? Do you speak in such a way as to change someone's world for the better? Or are you someone who speaks to change someone's world for the worse? See, with your words, you can bring healing, encouragement, comfort, grace, truth, forgiveness, and so much more that is good and right and pleasing to God and to the people in our lives. Or you can bring hurt, harm, pain, and so much more that takes people down and sucks life away from them. And this is something I think that Proverbs and God wants us to really get today is that we need to become more aware of this dual power of our words 
the power of life, the power of death, because so often I think part of the problem is that we're actually unaware of just how much our words affect other people. See, I like what pastor and author Owen McManus says. He says, he says this, unfortunately, the people who have the greatest influence in our lives rarely understand the power of their words to shape who we become. They never fully understand that what informs us, forms us. Words spoken into a soul are like the hands of a potter pressed against wet clay. I love how McManus emphasizes the power of our words, that the things we say can actually reach down into the souls of people and shape how they see themselves and who they become. This is the power of our words. This is the world of our words. So where do we start? We've heard a lot today. We've gone in a lot of different directions. Where do we start? Well, it starts with letting God's perspective speak into our lives and begin to shape our perspective and how we see the area of our speech. It starts with recognizing the potential that our words have to bring life or to bring death, to build up or to destroy. But it also starts somewhere much, much deeper. See, if we, to read the Bible from front to cover, one of the things that the Bible talks about is that our ultimate problem is not in the things we say or think we, and do, it's, it's our hearts. And so when it comes to our words, the problem is not ultimately with our words, the problem is with our hearts. And this is something that Jesus taught in, in one of the stories about his life and death and resurrection called the Gospel of Mark. He said this, that what comes out of a person is what defiles him. For from within, out of the heart of man, out of the heart of humankind, come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, coveting, wickedness, deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, foolishness. All these evil things come from within, and they defile a person. And so what Jesus is teaching is that our hearts produce everything we think or say or do, that all the behavior that we have, all the things that we do outside of our body actually begins and has its source inside of us, in our hearts. And so when it comes to speech, if our hearts are bitter, our speech will be bitter. If we're angry on the inside and we're consumed by, by that anger, what will come out of us and what we say and how we respond to life and how we treat the people will come out angry. Is that the things in us come out. And the Bible is clear that what we say has its source in our heart. And so if you want to deal with your words, the message today is that you must deal with your heart. That the starting point for any kind of discussion, for any kind of, kind of growth in the things we say and how we speak and what we bring into the world with our words is our hearts and that we need to open our lives up in greater ways to God and be willing to let God change you on the inside so that what comes out of you changes. And I think that's what our world needs more than anything, both those who are far from God and those who are walking with God, is that in a world of cancel culture and hate and divisive speech, this is what we need, a people who are changed on the inside so that what we say, what we speak, becomes changed. And that we begin to walk in the footsteps of God and that what we bring into the world, what we bring into existence is encouragement and hope and life and not its opposite. Because all of us have had words spoken over us that have harmed us 
that continue to speak over us. And what we need more than anything in this life, in this world right now, is it not that we would have something better spoken over us? I remember a friend of mine once told me, he said, Dave, I wish I could see myself through the eyes of Jesus and the people who I love and are closest to me. And I would echo that, like I need that help and I need people in my life to come alongside and to speak what is good and right and true, to remind me that my Father in heaven looks down upon me and he speaks words of love and delight and approval and that I am found in him and that my truest identity is what my Father in heaven says and that I need the people in my life to remind me of that. I need people in my life to speak that into my life when I'm having a hard time looking in the mirror and liking what I see. And I think you need that too. I think we all do. I think our world needs this. I think our world's craving this is to have a people who are changed on the inside and that what comes out of them is changed and brings what is right and good and true and pleasing into the world. And when we do that, when we surrender ourselves to God, when we open our lives to him, when we let him speak to us and change us, what we say becomes different And Proverbs would say we are not only going to begin living wisely in the world when it comes to our speech, but we will actually play our part in changing the world and people's lives for the better. And we all need that. The world needs that. Let me pray for us. God of grace and mercy and truth, When I look at you, when we look at you, we are captivated. We are brought alive in the reality of who you are and what you've done and how you call us to live and be in the world in a way that looks so radical, so beautiful, so different, but is so much better. And so I thank you, God, that you speak over each person listening love and delight and affection and that you are wanting us to follow in your footsteps and bring into this world things that are right and good and true. And so I pray for every single person that you would speak over them today, that you would continuously change us and draw us deeper into life and relationship with you, and that out of that, we would become people who speak like you and bring what is good into the world. We love you, God. Thank you for speaking to us and over us. In Jesus' name, amen.